0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another Boardrooms Out of Office. My name is Rich Kleiman, and I am honored today to sit with the undisputed welterweight champion of the world and pound for pound, the greatest fighter in the world. What's up, Terrence Bud Crawford? What's up with it, man? What's good, bro? Just chilling, man, enjoying this New York weather. I feel you. This New York weather has been miserable, but we happy to have the champion time,
1: bro. Well, at least it ain't burning hot. <laughs>
0: That's true. <laughs> Um, A lot of people are hyped that you were coming on the show. I told KD yesterday, everybody's talking about you, man. Do you feel, can you feel that? Can you feel like the excitement, and it's been this way, but can you feel it after the fight on the 29th, just this new level of focus and attention?
1: Of course, I I definitely can feel it, uh, given the fact of all the celebrities that's still talking about it to this day, and the fight was a week and a half ago. And everybody, you know,
0: still saying positive things about it. And when you hear the the words pound for pound, because I, I would be lying if I said I was like a boxing fan in the way I'm a hoop fan, but I'm a sports fan. So obviously when there's greatness, I keep up with it and I follow it. But one of the things I've noticed about the sport and maybe one of the reasons why the sport at times disconnected from the layman fan is like all the different belts, all the different classes, right? And sports fans like to understand exactly what they're watching. But I think everybody knows that the title pound for pound, that's like bigger than any belt, bigger than anything. And there's no real title for that, except for like, that's what people call you. Is that what you as a fighter, as great as you ultimately are like fighting for, for that title? Or was it, also, or as important for you to like, let me get all these welterweight belts or let me fight up another class? Or is it like, I want that pound for pound title?
1: Well, coming up, I never was like pound for pound. That wasn't nothing that I was thinking about or worried about. I was worried about collecting them belts and getting my name in the history books as one of the greatest fighters to ever do it. And the pound for pound just, hopped on my table once, you know, I was beating the likes of Gamboa and those type of guys. And Floyd Mayweather has always been pound for pound king when he was uh boxing. So I'm like, oh man, all right. You <laughs> know, what I mean I'm gonna get I'm gonna get there one day. Yeah. <laughs> then once my name started getting mentioned uh in the top pound for pound rankings, then that's when I was like, all right. Floyd retired, Andre War retired. There's no doubt about it that I'm pound
0: for pound best fighter in the world. And even though you didn't start your journey trying to get that title, now that you have that title, does it feel as good as it sounds to the fans? Is that like the feeling of being the best of the best?
1: Nah, I think it, it feels good to be recognized as that. Cause you know, I always felt as if I was number one pound for pound fighter in the world. always said it like but i didn't get the credit for it some some had me on they pound for pound list as number one like espn they had me as number one but you know the ring had me as number two or so i was top one top two some of them even having me at three but it wasn't unanimous so to get everybody recognition now and it's like okay
0: now they <laughs> they appreciate my, they my talent and my skills. Going into the fight on the 29th, it felt like I watched a preview the night before and it was pretty split amongst like the commentators I was listening to about who they thought was gonna win the fight, and then you really handed it to them. Um what was your mindset going into the fight?
1: Oh my mindset was crystal clear, just win the fight, you know, do everything that you say you was gonna do and once that bell ring make them respect you right out the gate and that's what you know i did
0: and uh, got the victory do you you follow any of the pre-fight shit or is it too much
1: no i do i do i i try to keep my ears to a little bit of everything so after the fight i can come back and be like okay i remember yeah. you i remember you You know, uh, y'all was doubting me, y'all was going against me, y'all said these things about me, y'all said that about me. And, you know,
0: now it's my time to show you. reply to all those things y'all were saying. So you do use it. Like, you know, I I always like I find it funny sometimes when you see some of the things that Steph Curry or Tom Brady or some of the great ones, when they win, they'll talk about like a comment that some pointless journalist made. And and it's like you hear Brady say it or something like this for everyone that thought I fell off the cliff. And it's like, damn, you was really listening to Max Kellerman. Like that's who said it, but it is, it's something that is used. I think maybe whether it, it affected Tom Brady or not, it's like, let me grab this material. Let me put this on the, in the mirror every morning to remind myself that's what people are saying. But like, Really, it's just Max Kellerman talking. But is that what you need to do f- for motivation at times? You have to like build that storyline up and get a little bit of the material that people are saying to continue to like motivate yourself every time you're in the gym?
1: Well, I'm always motivated. That's 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 not a, a issue, but that just put a little extra fire on the motivation. Yeah. That I got inside of me to to see the people that don't know me, that's saying Things that they don't know about me, that they heard from like a person in the media, and they just take it and run with it. And then hearing people in the media say certain things and uh, about me that that they don't know, uh, and it just just spark a flame in me. Like, okay, I'm gonna prove y'all wrong because you know this is not a team sport. Yeah. I'm in control of this. I'm the one that's fighting. I'm the one that's in control of my destiny. So y'all can't help him. Y'all can't call a timeout for him. Y'all can't interfere. Y'all can say what all y'all want. But once that bell rings, it's gonna be me and that guy. (laughs) And uh, I just use that as extra motivation because I've been told I couldn't do a lot of things in life. And I always overcame them with,
0: with, you know, hard work and dedication. When you stood up on the uh, ropes and started calling out dude in the crowd the other night, amazing moment, how premeditated was that? Or was it just in the heat of the moment?
1: It definitely was the heat of the moment. It's crazy because a lot of people like, man, how did you manage to find Charlo? When I was coming out, when I was coming into the ring, you know, he was just like, his eyes was just locked on me. And it's like, nobody was there and all (laughs) I seen was him. And so I walked and I looked at him. He looking at me like this. And I was just like, man, I'm not even going to worry about that dude. Like, focus on what's in front of me. And then once I got that uh, knockdown, you know, uh, it wasn't nothing, but I was feeling the the rage that was in me. (laughs) And then the second one, I went over there and I said something to him. And the third one, I said something to him. And then after the fight, I was like, yeah. And I yeah. looked at him like, you next? Like, you know, and he applauded me. He was like, it was like, congratulations. I was like, all right, thanks. You know what I mean? Cause it's kind of like, always been fighting for that recognition. Yeah, Always been fighting for my just due because I didn't have the backing like everybody else. I didn't have the, the media push, like all these other fighters that's name is, you know, um, bigger than mine, but I've accomplished way more than theirs. Uh, So, you know, that's all I, you know, wanted
0: was my, my respect and, and, you know, uh, that was it. Do you ever have a chance to like, after a fight like that, to think about fighting for $600 when you start your career, then to be like a unanimous welterweight champion on top of the world and Can you step out sometimes and just be like, damn, like when you're back in Omaha, just just kind of remind yourself of how far you came because you haven't lost a fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think sometimes when you're chasing, I know it's this way in business too. It's this way in life, like you're chasing, chasing, chasing. And I do think the journey is more fun. I think we all feel like the journey ultimately is more fun. I mean, I remember being with KD minutes after each championship and I could see in his eyes like the journey is more fun, you know, the journey is the feeling, but I do think it's important at times to just be like, damn, like, I'm nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I haven't lost. Like, I'm I'm that guy from Omaha, Nebraska. Do you have a chance to ever allow yourself to feel that?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I always felt that I was the best, you know. But, you know, uh, a lot of people always ask me why I haven't moved and why I still, you know, be in the same neighborhood that I grew up in and, don't move move out you know into a nicer neighborhood and I'm just like well this is the neighborhood that that molded me into the guy that I am and this is where it all began and I think that's what keeps me level-headed and keeps me grounded because you know a lot of people can get caught up in the fame and the hype and and whatnot and they can change and then you know they can lose it all because boxing only lasts for so long and after that you know it's over with now you know people gonna look at you for who you really are and not what you once did I never want to be one of those fighters that have all the limelight have all these people chasing them and uh you see them now they didn't get a life to the sport they they got you know brain damage they they talking with slurs and you know, it's hard to see them. And then you look at the crowd and you look at the people, nobody's noticing them. They noticing the next star, you know, and I've never want to be like them or, you know, you see them, they don't don't have nothing to show for it, really, Mm -hmm. you know, but the damage that they accumulated from taking all those headshots. So I'm just like, man, I never want, I just want to be me who what you see is what you get. I never want to be anybody
0: else. And the balance of going home probably like soon as you get off that plane is a reminder of where you came from. But I would also probably assume that it being Omaha, Nebraska also plays a part in it, right? Because a lot of times you hear people work their whole life to get out of where they grew up and they want to give back to where they are from. They want to help and rebuild, but they, they're not trying to live there. They're not trying to deal with the distractions. Um but you don't have that back home. It feels like that's where your safe haven is, right?
1: Yeah, no, I, that's that's definitely what I'm destined to do, you know, is give back to my community. You know, I invest in my community. I have a jam in my community. And, you know, I'm easy to to be seen in my community. So, like, my community is everything because growing up, I know the type of things that I was getting into, the type of things that I was doing, and uh, I know the younger generation is worse, mm-hmm. you know? So uh, there's a lot of young mothers to having children that really shouldn't be having children. And they don't have no no inspiration, you know, father figure type of guy to look up to, to walk that uh, straight at narrow, you know? So it's like, how can I get back, mm-hmm. you know? I don't necessarily feel that I need to do things for people just to put on Instagram to show people that I'm doing things. Mm-hmm. So I get a lot of, oh, what are you doing for the community? And people always say, well, he got a gym that's free. You know, mm-hmm. he he he. your kid can go down there and don't have to pay a dime to enter his gym and to work out and to do this and do that and you don't have to pay for nothing. But there's way more that I do in the community that I don't, you know, talk about because, you know, if I do something for this kid, I'm doing it out the kindness of my heart, I'm not doing it just to show that I'm doing it. So I don't have to get on social media and say, hey, look, I bought this kid some shoes because he has holes in his shoes and I want everybody to pat my back. Yeah. I don't do that. When I do things for people, you know, they know who they
0: are and we just keep it moving. It's crazy because that's how it should be, right? But it's like rare to hear that because I think now if it doesn't exist on social media, it doesn't exist to some people. But the academy you built, I was reading about some of the things that these kids get out of it. And it isn't just about boxing, which is amazing. It's like you know, boxing's the backdrop, right? Boxing is the the anchor, but it's a chance for them all to to dream and grow and realize there's more. And I think that's really what it is, right? Just like the opportunity for more, know that there's more. And coming from Omaha, Nebraska, like you've shown the world there that there's more. Like the business of being a boxer outside of the sport, have you evolved in how, it, how much focus you want to give that or what's important outside the ring for you? Or do you... Always just rely on like if I do my job in the ring, the money will be right. It'll work out. Or do you do you see that as part of what it means to be the champ? Like all those other things off and out of the ring?
1: No, one hundred percent. You know, I was, I once was that guy that you know, let me let me take this and just do my job. Let me sign this contract and get this guarantee. But once you get older and once you start no, noticing that you in control of your own destiny, you in control of your own business, you got to start thinking business-wise. Okay, so let me see the contracts. Let me sign the contracts. Let me see what's really coming in. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like us boxers, we get the short end of the stick every single time we step foot in the ring if we not in control of our our own career. You know, I took a step out of, you know, leaving my promotional company and being my own boss. A lot of people say they're their own boss, but I got a great team around me that, you know, help me and make sure that I'm great in all avenues, you know. Uh, and it's very critical for fighters to know what's on the table mm-hmm. because a lot of us, we'll would, we would take a $5 million guarantee. Not knowing there's $30 million coming you know in. I mean, that, yeah. that we missed. Not coming in that we missed that we should have we should have got. Other G- revenue that yeah. could have been generated. Given yeah. given the circumstances that we might fight a fight a top fighter. Yeah. You know, when two fighter top fighters fight, you know, you got the promoter, they sucking up all the money, you know, the advisors, the managers, you know, everybody, the the sanction bodies. You know, everybody taking a little piece out of this pot that's really the fighters. and But the fighters don't know because they satisfied with the guarantee. Yeah. So uh, I think it's very critical that these fighters, you know, start learning, learning the business. And the more they learn, the more they're going to, you know, uh, stop all the, the, the corruption that's happening in boxing because, Boxing is one of the
0: most corrupted sports there is, and there have been in the history of sports. That's what I was going to ask you. Like, as a as a fan, I'm watching this, and it's there's different sanctioning committees, there's different governing bodies. Some are regulated here, some regulated here. It must be overwhelming for the boxers, or is it not? Is it something you just accept that this is what the sport of boxing is like, or is there? A feeling maybe amongst some of the like marquee fighters that there could be something to do to change this. Like, what is WBC, WBA, IBF? All of these have their own regulations, their own governance, right? And then there's promoters involved that I'm sure operate in their own way and political relationships that run deep. Is it, can it be overwhelming for a younger fighter a bit? He don't know. They don't know.
1: They don't know. They sign that contract and they let, they 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 promotion no company handle that, and they manager handle that, you know, and they don't know, you know i was I was a victim of that. I didn't know what I know now. I never knew, you know, coming back up because i wasn't I wasn't able to see anything. I wasn't able to question anything because I signed a contract stating that these is my guarantees, these is my numbers going up. Yeah, you know, so uh, I wasn't I wasn't able to say, okay, well, what's coming in? Yeah, or you know, how much you getting for sponsorships, or how much you giving for the event? I mean, the event budget and stuff like that. I wasn't I wasn't able to ask those type of questions. But once I started asking those type of questions, or you know, started learning a little bit here and there then it became a problem yeah. between me and my old
0: promoter. And at that point in the time, I knew it was time to go. I bet you those older promoters, that's like the business. Like, let me pull the wool over their eyes till they find out. Then when they find out, it is what it is. Well,
1: they well, they all do it. I want to just say,
0: you know, my old promoter, they all do it. That's what I'm saying. All, yeah. all the old school promoters, right? Or promoters, period. All of them. It's meant to uh,
1: keep, the, keep the fighter blind, keep the fighter, you know, in a, in a place where he's not asking questions, you know he's not he's not looking for anything. Here, let me give you this little guarantee and show up, and you be on your way. But at the same time, it's so much more on the table that that's that that the fighter is really obligated to that he never even see because he signed a guarantee, not knowing
0: there's much more to come from. Are there no OGs in the game that? When you was coming up with the arm around, you was like, man, check them contracts, or that's not the spirit of it? No,
1: not at all. Some of them don't even know.
0: They don't know like, either.
1: Some of them don't even crazy. know to have because they've been dealing with that their whole career that they think is normal. So the things that they do know and that they do hit the little uh, fighter on the hand, like, hey, listen. You gotta watch out for this, you gotta watch out for that. You know, that's that's small things. Yeah. You know, like you gotta get incorporated. Like Tim Bradley definitely, you know, put me on game about getting incorporated and, you know, things like that. And the things that I need to uh ask for and stuff like that. So he definitely looked out for me uh a lot. But like, you know, Floyd, he he broke the bank, you know, and I don't see him trying to, you know, uh, give the game to the young fighters because he's a promoter now. Yeah. So I can't I can't <laughs> give everybody the game. Yeah. If 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 I'm one of them now, it's a business at the end of the day. So uh, if if they made all this money, you know, on the, on our backs as fighters, and now, now I'm a promoter, I'm gonna do the same thing that they once was doing and just say, it's just the game of the business. It's just the game. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Do um, Like how important, and, and what is the makeup of a team for boxers? Cause there's no union, right? There's no union for oh, boxing. Yeah. So what's the typical like infrastructure around a fighter?
1: I would say a fighter, you know, you need to have a great lawyer, you know, overall that knows what he's doing that season, that's been around the block that you know, um no weight. No yeah. I wouldn't even say wait, just not no pushover, because you gotta understand, all of these, you know, uh promoters like Don King and Bob Arum, they lawyers. <laughs> you know what I mean? First. They lawyers. And if they not lawyers, they got some of the baddest lawyers around them, you know, so they can give you those type of contracts where they protecting themselves, but they confusing you at the same time so you can sell your soul. And uh, yeah, man, you get get you a good advisor, get you a great coach, you know, and you'll be on your way, you know. But most importantly, you need, you know, great people around you that want the best for you. So lawyer, advisor, manager and, and the trainer, right? Well, re- really, you can just you and the lawyer. It can just be you and the lawyer. You know, and you can go the sky's the limit. Cause now nothing can get away uh nothing can get by you. Yeah. You know, uh, and uh yeah. That's it. You can that's walk it. in the room, you know, and you can pick any coach you want, long as you got the business right. Got the
0: business right. You know, once once the business right, you you sky's the limit. So when you win a fight like you did the other night, is it you look at your team like it's time, like now. Y'all gotta step up one more notch, too.
1: No, nah, they. My, I got a top tier team. now.
0: <laughs> well, I'm just so I like to think I'm top tier too. But after KD won his chip, he looked at me like, "Now what, brother? Like, let's go. Let's let's bring more in."
1: No, nah, but listen, we. I looked at my team. My team looked at me, and we we said we was gonna get that fight. That was something that you know uh, was was yearning for five years, you know, and. We're going to get that fight. They looked at me, we're going to get that fight. We're going to get this shit done, That's dope. you know? And I sat back and I was like, all right. I believe them, you know? So I was confident that the fight was going to happen. 100% confident. And, you know, I don't look at them like, now what? You know, uh, I just, hey, we we in we the moment. It. Yeah, we did it. We in the moment. And, you know, they trust me as well as I trust them. and. We're gonna take it for as far as it go.
0: What's the like lead up to a fight that that big for you, training wise?
1: Oh man, the lead up was was just training. You,
0: you know, start we, like a certain amount of months before with a certain level of training ramp up for that fight.
1: Yeah, I had a I had a pre camp. This was the first time I ever had a pre camp, so I had a pre camp before my training camp. So uh, yeah, it was tough. It was tough and uh yeah, like you're going through all this marketing stuff with your team, you're going through all this promotional stuff with your team and you know, everything was strategic. You know, from you know, me training to the to the media to everything. Everything was, you know, strategic and I gotta give credit to to my team for all that. And
0: do you do this in, in back in Omaha or do you get out of town to train? I, I train in Colorado Springs, but I went to Vegas first. Got it. And how do you balance? Because, you know, I've seen and read how much of a family man you are and how important that is and how involved you are and how present you are. And obviously that's, you know, the most respectable quality. But how, is that tough to balance um, when you got to get into fight mode? Like the family knows, like, all right. He's going in the phone booth now. No, not at all. I bounce back and forth. Yeah, you know, you know you talking in at night, training during the day.
1: No, nah, when I say bounce back and forth, it's like my niece. She had a graduation. I had a I had a child. Like you know, uh, my son' birthday. He came, uh, stayed with me for like two weeks. Him, my boys. So it's like I'm bouncing back and forth. Got it. You know, and a lot of people are like, hey man, you training? I'm like, man, listen. Training is cool, but they priority first. Yeah, You know, so uh, I think those times that I was away, like a day or two days, you know, helped me more than hurting me because I'm training so hard and I never really let my body, you know, rest. So those little days that I was able to get, you know, some rest was critical.
0: Yeah. What um I, I noticed, you know, obviously Eminem walked in with you the fight you had um bbc on your back pharrell's bbc um grew up 80s 90s how much did like the explosion of hip-hop culture during that time impact you and you know how much of um i guess the influence of hip-hop culture do you see in terms of your style in terms of how you approach your business and like when you make a move like that with eminem what is the background on that how does something like that come about and is that is that something you see as like let me make a moment right here this is like this is a show let me put on a show or is there more to that
1: man I love music man I'm probably one that don't even have a, 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 I would say a style but of music that I listen to because I listen to all different mm-hmm. uh, levels of music and uh, business wise I don't look at music as as anything to do with business. But the way the Eminem thing happened was, 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 I would say it was greatness. You know, uh, everybody was just like, what you coming out to, what you coming out to? Everybody always asking me, what you coming out to? If you can look at the history of um, all the songs that I walked out to, it kind of has some meaning towards it behind it for that for that fight and I always say the song pick me I don't pick the song you know I'll be in the gym and I'll be listening to all different type of music and one song I might play and I just be like boom there go like that's it yeah that's it like just hit me and uh the Eminem came about I wanted to do uh drop the world on your head by Eminem and Lil Wayne but for every reason that didn't uh, come to fruition. And I was just like, man, I don't think Eminem ever walked nobody out, you know? And he really don't come outside. Never. And I was just like, man, that'd be dope if Eminem walked me out, you know? Cause I was just thinking of not only a, a star to bring me out, I wanted the icon, yep. you know? And I was just like, man, you think Eminem you know what I mean? What you think about Eminem, me and Shakur? And he was just like man, that be dope. You know, and Eminem comment on a on the uh, Instagram. I never knew he was a fan of boxing because you never hear nothing about him. So I was just like, Dang, that's that's dope. It was exciting. It was it was a great moment, and I think everything lined up for for history and greatness to be witnessed that night, and him being there was a testimony to how great i'm i'm I really am
0: yeah that's right that's dope um creed three did you enjoy that loved it loved it it was dope you know i I
1: told Michael B jordan I said man to see him in his element doing all the directing and uh acting at the same time I said man i ain't seen nothing like that ever before you know it was it was it was crazy to see him and in one mode then see him in another mode then see him in another mode so he had the regular mode where he just like yeah yeah you know what i mean we gonna do this and we I just, I just want you to do this and then he had another mode where it's acting and then he got another mode where he direct and like no nah, we can't do this we can't do that we got to do this like this let's change it up y'all get on set and i'm like this dude so talented. That's crazy. You know what
0: I mean? It's, it was crazy. So you saw all three hats that he's wearing. Yeah. You want to be around film again?
1: Yeah, that's dope. I, I would love to be around, around film again.
0: So when you look now at the future for you, um, and let me ask you a question, and probably a stupid question, but um, as someone that's not native to boxing every day, how much is the weight, Disparity a real thing. Like when I was reading about you and Tank, right, and the different weight classes, but the chances of potentially fighting one day, uh, as boxers, is the weight difference really like a as as uh, as much of an obstacle from a fight happening as it is just like the way it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, would that really make a difference? The definitely. weight, it would definitely. It does.
1: You know, Tank fight at 135 pounds. I fight at 147 pounds, so that's two weight classes apart. You know, that's a big gap. That's a big gap. You know, given the size advantage that I will have over him. You know, he's a little dude too. He probably like five five. You know, I'm five eight, uh, long arms. So I'm, I'm. It wouldn't be an idea match up for him. But i yeah. would,
0: I would definitely. You're would, down i definitely walk on. And what about going? You guys could, he could go up. You could go down a bit, right? That's how i know No. You're not, go, you're not going down at all? <laughs> at all. Never. I'm going up. So you but want to go up, down. and he'd have to go up to meet yeah. you. Yeah, definitely. So is there a next weight class you want to fight at?
1: 154 pounds.
0: And what belt is that?
1: That's the junior middleweight.
0: Junior middleweight. Yeah. So is that your next fight?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Everybody uh, want to know Terrence's next fight, but Terrence don't even know. Terrence don't know.
0: Why does everyone call you Bud? My
1: mom named me that when I was probably like one. She just was named me Bud. Good nickname, it was good though. Cause everybody thought I named, I was my mom gave me that name. You know, I don't know why. And so I said, mom, how you get Bud out of Terrence? And she was like, oh, somebody was calling you Spud. They just kept calling you Spud. (laughs) I'm like, don't call my son Spud. Call him Bud. <laughs> I was like, oh, all right.
0: Nicknames don't always have the uh, the the backgrounds for meaning. It just right. happens, right? Then yeah. it sticks, and then thirty five years later, you Terrence Bud Crawford. Definitely. Um, the promotion side of your business, uh, and and when you switch that over, do you have time in your calendar and your routine to like flip business mind and look at other fights that your promotions company is going to put together, and then turn back into Terrence the fighter, or is just similar to family? You manage it all?
1: No, yeah, for sure. Definitely. When I take that step to go out and sign fighters, I would definitely, you know, uh, make that switch. But right now, you know, I'm I'm focused on myself. You know, I don't want to be focused on too many things at once. But most definitely, I got an eye out and watching the up-and-coming fighters and, You know, uh, fighters with the talent to to go places in uh, in the future, and not only you know for them to be signed to TBC promotions, but for me to guide them and let them know that there is more to 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 the sport, to the game. Like you said, be an OG to let them know, you know, the game and show them the way and you know, uh, put everything on the table. That way they know that they're not getting misused or abused. And uh, I think that would be the start of changing the game up.
0: Yeah. Well, that's interesting because, as you mentioned with Floyd, is like it—it it is just business, as you said. But the idea that part of what your business is is giving these boxers a bit more visibility is dope. Right. That's like what you see happening in the record business and – you know people just have looking at the way these things or things have been and realizing like they don't have to be like that you know what i'm saying like that's how it's been like the boxer didn't get the fair share but mm-hmm. you know someone like you has the ability to change that
1: yeah it's, it's definitely like the record business when you when you think about it you know a lot of those rappers they work they they ass off to you know build them type of masterpieces that they build But they don't own it yeah exactly you know what i mean so it's kind of like us fighters yeah we 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 fight our ass off but we don't own our fights the promotional company own our fights and they got the right to say what they're going to do with it and what they're not going to do with it and they can go and sell sell your fights for hundreds of millions of dollars and don't have to give you a cent yeah so that's just one avenue uh, but yeah, I think that will clean up boxing
0: a lot. Well, and it, it's also, it has to be a fighter to to do that because it's like the same analogy in the music business until Jay-Z and others started rapping about buying their masters back and people started going independent and making, a, you know, a point of saying how wrong some of the economics are and no one really paid attention. Now you have businesses being built in lieu of major labels, you know what I'm saying? And it's not replacing them, but there's other opportunities. And I think it's dope that you have the opportunity to be that promotions company that's like, hold up, you could see the books too.
1: Mm-hmm. I think, you know, uh, that 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 goes back to when I said, you gotta have a, a great lawyer that's season, because if you got a great lawyer that's season, he's not gonna let you sign a contract where you don't have those things. You know, so um, yeah. Like,
0: well, a great lawyer also who is only thinking about the fighter. Yeah, you can have a great lawyer who's right thinking about everybody. I mean, it's not the bright lawyer for the fighter, but for sure. But if he on your team
1: and he and he's riding for you and want to see, you know, you succeed and you be the best that you can be, it it only benefit him. Yeah you know uh, there's enough money for everybody yeah i think when 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 greed get into uh the playing field then that's when you see lawyers start being shady cuz they try yeah. to get something under the table yeah. or you start seeing managers being shady and advisors being shady and some some coaches some coaches even shady you know so uh you got to you got to watch out for yeah. for everybody cuz Money make people you know do things that you would have never thought they' would do mm-hmm. you know? and it's,
0: and it's the root of all evil. This might be a weird question to ask someone who's never lost, but even in a in a victory you take punches and it's it, even training is wearing on you. and you mentioned earlier in the interview about some of these fighters who you see them now and it's tragic to see physically you know the effect that it had on them. How conscious are you year to year? about where you are physically and like how long you want to go
1: oh yeah man i'm very conscious like i just did a uh cat scan i did a whole body analogy you know before this fight you know and um uh, i'm very aware of that and i be on top of it because i never wanted to be the type of person that let boxing retire me i always said i wanted to retire from boxing, you know, uh, my goal was always 33. I'm about to be 36 next month. So, not ready. so I'm three years past past time, you know, and the only reason why is because the Spence fight. Mm. I just told everybody that that was the fight that I really wanted. That was a fight that, you know, when I walk in the store, you know, people ask me, is you going to fight that Errol Spence, dude? I can't wait till you fight him. When I go home, my kids looking on YouTube and they looking on <laughs> Terrence Crawford, they father, they seeing Errol Spence. Damn, is you going to ever fight that dude, Spencer? <laughs> like, who is Spencer? That Spencer, dude. Uh mm. Spence. Spence, and yes, yeah. I am, son. Yeah, we're going to fight one day. Oh, all right, because they, they they talking about he going to beat you up. And I'm like, not my dad. So I got to hear it not only outside of my home, but inside of my home as well. So I knew that was a fight that needed to happen. And it happened. And, you know.
0: So what now? What do you have to fight for then?
1: We're going we gonna to see what the future holds.
0: So it could be it could be over.
1: Could be. Maybe. Maybe not.
0: But you popping right now. It can't be over. Right can't be over you ever fought at the garden definitely what do you like more
1: i like vegas more you do yes
0: vegas is the shit yeah
1: definitely that's the best place to fight no i like vegas for tax purposes
0: oh yeah (laughs) oh that's true of course new york's (laughs) the worst man yeah
1: new york tax
0: me they tax me every time i fought in the garden (laughs) yeah that's crazy you're right of course yeah well man it's been a pleasure getting to know you brother congratulations pound for pound the greatest fighter in the world sounds good I'm honored to have had you on boardroom in the office and excited to watch what the future holds man I appreciate it thanks for having me appreciate it thanks for watching subscribe download join speak to y'all soon